Messi. Jordi Alba, back to Messi. Jordi Alba, cuts it across, Messi! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Two Half Soccer Podcast. My name is Jackson and we have an action-packed episode for everyone today. Before we get started, let me introduce my guest uh, first. We got James. How are you doing, James? I am good. How are you? I am doing great. Um, and then we also have Mike here with us. Mike, what's up? I'm doing well. Hey, I'm good. Great. How are you? I am, yeah, doing fantastic. You might notice we sound a little bit different than normal. We are recording uh, virtually today. We are across the country in different locations, so we are not in-person recording. We are online and recording virtually, but we'll still have a lot of soccer talk. Uh, Last weekend was the first weekend of MLS action here in the United States. A lot to go over. We also had a few big key, high key European matches going on, but what all have y'all been watching since we last talked? I watched the Caribou Cup final. The Liverpool defeated Chelsea. Poor James. Sorry, yeah. James. Yeah. Well, we, we told you uh, Chelsea's not going to be catching any breaks. So. But hold on. No, Chelsea <laughs> did win 3-2 against Leeds. But to be fair, Leeds is also to the spot, second position in the championship league. So I don't know if that really counts or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's easy uh, to beat uh, up on lower guy. division teams, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's when we beat them three to two and almost lose that game. Yeah, yep. But uh, Mike, are you watching anything else? Just uh, Caribou Cup, big, big Caribou Cup guy. Watch the sporting game. Uh, we can talk about that. I watched uh, the other English Cup game, the FA Cup, which is in the fifth round. And that's the James, the the game James mentioned. It's Liverpool and Leeds United, which Liverpool also won that game. And I watched Inter Miami as well, so yep. that was a, a great matchup. Um, this is like somewhat of an ignorant thought. I honestly don't know the difference between the FA Cup and the Caribou Cup. Does anyone care to explain the difference there? This is—I mean, this is going to be relevant to like our U.S. soccer conversation later. But like, I literally thought these were the same tournament for like a couple of years, and I'm just now finding out they're different. Also, the broad aspect of it—they're um, both different cups for one. Yeah, they're different cups. <laughs> so, like, one's a coffee mug and one's, like, a yeah, beer yeah, mug? Or yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, maybe I'll learn more about English football someday, but... Uh... Is that all you had, James? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's different cups, you know? <laughs> one's 12 ounces and one's 16 ounces, so... Um, but, James, what have you been watching this past week? Um, I watched the Sporting versus Houston game. Uh, honestly, I think Sporting kind of surprised me with that one. I mean, I thought... The Houston or Houston was just going to blow them out of the water during that game. I know what I said last week about having high hopes for Sporting, but to be honest with y'all, Sporting, as much as I love them, I don't have high hopes for them ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was nice seeing us score. It was nice seeing Houston have their first goal overturned because they were offsides. I was happy about that. Uh, and then I watched you- Chelsea uh, win 3-2 to and then them lose 0-1. to like normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same, pretty similar games I was watching. Obviously, the Sporting KC season opener. 
Um, we'll get, we'll get into some thoughts there, but I watched a Sunday night LAFC, LA Galaxy, and I gotta say, I love Sunday night soccer. I mean, I think that's just, like, primetime sports viewing, obviously, like, with, like, Sunday night football getting, like, amazing ratings constantly as well, but, like, Sunday night soccer is awesome. I'll probably watch every game, unless I'm, like, you know, out doing something on a Sunday night, but it's just such an easy time slot to watch. Uh, I don't care who it is, but, I mean, this one was especially fun, uh, watching these players... Definitely seeing um, uh, Ricky Puig interact with some of his old people down from Barcelona with, you know, inner Barcelona over there in Miami. So that was a cool one. But then I was also watching um, New England, the Revolution versus D.C. That was kind of a fun one as a prelude to when I was watching on Saturday. Um, And then also the Seattle game, which was like a 3.30 slot on Saturday, which was cool. So a little, just like a a lot of good timing spaced out between these games uh for apple tv which is which is great to like just be able to catch games continuously throughout the day so i was watching a ton of mls but uh you know big mls guy didn't really watch any european soccer this weekend i'm gonna get more into it i will especially since i paid 100 dollars of my own hard-earned money to afford the mls season pass yeah, I only paid eighty dollars because I'm an MLS or an Apple TV uh-huh. Plus subscriber. So I paid five hundred dollars because I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah, <laughs> seems like so. I got the worst deal. <laughs> but you also get tickets to the games, so that's yeah. a good deal. Um, how did that work? Did you just like log into the App Store and down, or buy it like I did, and it just somehow they or... gave me a link, which I went to the Apple Store and just redeemed it. Okay. Okay. Code and it gave me a free okay. season, so. Give us that link next time, man. <laughs> I think it's a one-time use, Mike. Yeah, it's one-time use, and I'm going to use that for myself. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we can keep this moving, going to our recurring segment, Coldest Moment of the Week, uh, where we talk about what our favorite moment from the last week in soccer was. We can start this one off with Mike. I have you listed first. What was oh, your coldest man. moment? Dude, it's got to be the late game, game winner, Lionel Messi, and... Uh, Jordi Alba make two one-two passes, and they just were like, we're not passing it to anyone else, and we have to score in this moment, so we're going to take it upon ourselves. And in 11 soccer, you can there's like a million ways to hit a pass wrong, and these guys just can pass the ball better than anyone else in the league. It seems like they're just they're on each other's uh, minds, and if you watch the play, it starts from like 40 yards out. And they don't pass anyone else besides themselves. And it's late in the game, so everyone's tired. And Messi is, if you watch Lionel Messi, he doesn't really run that much. In fact, he does a lot of walking. But when it's time for him to run, he is, yeah. (laughs) When it's time for him to run, he's, he's faster than everyone else. And he just beat everybody. And it's an amazing play. And they tied the game at the very last possible minute, which I was happy for. I didn't want Inter Miami to lose, so... Yeah. I was uh, I was screaming at my television at that point, saying, "Thank God!" So yeah, yeah, those two are on another level. I mean, that was an amazing build up to a goal, and you can just see that chemistry. They know where each other are going to be on the soccer field, so it's absolutely mm-hmm. fun to watch. And I mean, that's I think that's why we're all so high on Inter Miami leading in. Um, some of us more than others, but yeah. What about you, James? What was your coldest moment of the week? Uh, so my coldest of the moment of the week happened. Uh, five hours ago, uh, I think when Chelsea announced it, uh, Cole Pal- <laughs> Cole, so it's actually two. 
um, two Chelsea players, one's women's team and one their men's team, Cole Palmer, and I think it's Aggie uh, Beaver Jones. I'm not sure you pronounced that first name. Uh, both won play, uh, Young Player of the Year at the London Football Awards. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I mean, I'm, at this point, Chelsea's women's team has to be better than their men's team, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're straight up a powerhouse over there. Kind of like, like the current versus sporting. Yeah. Yeah. One's definitely more relevant than the other. <laughs> Locally. Okay. Um, then I think we. I'll, I'll take the reins here. My coldest moment of the week. I don't think this would surprise any of our recurring listeners, but I'm going to give it to Carlos Heel for the New England Revolution. Uh, scored an absolutely insane left-footed shot in the 67th minute of the DC United New England Revolution match. They were down. Um, this they were down a man. They were down 1-0. This brought it level, and then they immediately gave up another goal to Christian Penteke. Um, but that's irrelevant. This 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 goal from Carlos Hill was just absolutely masterclass. Top corner, beautiful goal. One of my favorite players, like I've said in the past. So. Got to give it to one of my faves. It was it was a great goal. Didn't one of their players get a red card during yep. that game? Sweet. Yeah, great goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so those are all of our coldest moments of the week. I think we can use that to sort of transition into broader talk about MLS week one. Um, uh, I have it listed here on our agenda. Our first topic is about MLS and the pro-referee labor dispute. Uh, if you haven't noticed or been following MLS, we are, one, officiated by an organization called Pro Referees, and MLS and the Pro Referee organization got into a labor dispute where they were unable to resolve this before the season started, and we had replacement refs in the MLS for week one. So a couple of questions we can talk about in terms of like what the situation entails, but I guess first initial thoughts... What did you think of these replacement refs in week one? How big of an impact, if any, did they have on the enjoyment, being able to watch these games, and on the play that we saw? So yeah, I watched, oh, you go go. Uh, I watched I, two games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, I thought the refs did okay. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't seem like they had any blatantly like, failed calls that they missed or anything like that. Um, I know they also had help by the VAR, which was nice. Um, which I think that helped them a lot. I mean, it helped us uh, sporting get that goal over to them being offside. But otherwise than that, from what I saw, they did fairly okay. Yeah, I watched the Inter-Miami game and Sporting KC, so I watched two games. Seemed fine. Uh, I will note the Inter-Miami ref looked very, very nervous. Yeah, that dude looked like he could fill a bucket with sweat. Yeah, he had a lot of people watching him. So, and given, like you said, it's not the regular crew. So he probably was his last game he refereed was maybe a collegiate something or warm up or MLS next. <laughs> yeah, roughing warm ups. <laughs> who knows what he was refing? And all of a sudden yeah. he's like, uh, "By the way, sir, we want you to ref LA Galaxy and Inter Miami on prime yeah. time." I, I did see one of the refs. Like something I saw online that one of the refs was like a DJ, like it's like a full time job. 
Was that but, actually true? I wasn't sure if that was literally a joke or they were like, no, he's actually a DJ. I think he is. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's true or not. But I really hope it is. That's yeah. Funny. I mean, at this Dang. point, let's just believe it. We'll just, yeah, he is a DJ. We we did the research. We have our fact checker. Let me let me look. Yeah, we're good. Okay, yep. He's a DJ. We got it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, getting the initial reaction on Twitter, it seemed like if I had not watched any of the MLS games and had just gotten my MLS news from Twitter, it would have seemed like the refs set someone on fire or broke someone's leg. Because, I mean, people like Hercule Gomez and Taylor Twelman seem to be pretty critical of these referees um, in the Twitter space, which, you know, obviously isn't real life. But I did not get that impression, like y'all said, watching these games. I mean, there are some questionable calls. I didn't feel like any of these games were really like influenced to benefit one team or the other in any discernible way. There's obviously going to be questionable calls, but I mean, that happens with full-time refs anyway. Um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's a tough situation to be in when your replacement ref pretty much getting called a week before, like, yo, we need someone to come do this job. But yeah, I kind of agree with y'all and I didn't really notice too much of a change. And th- that is also stemming from, my sort of pessimism towards pro organization to begin with and what they've done in the past. I don't think any of us are going to be super supportive of this referee organization. Um, I mean, they've yeah. had plenty of mistakes. Yeah. I think that the the difference in, in quality of referees isn't that noticeable when we compare it to a level that just isn't that high to begin with. One of the things I've learned from doing these soccer leagues in the city, uh, from working with the referees that I've worked with, is referees are just like players and anyone else is, they have egos. And it's almost strange that, like, in the youth system, they have these things called referee, it's like the leader, and basically an assigner is what this is called. And the ref- if you want a referee for a game, you have to go to this referee assigner, and there's not another way to do this. And so it's almost like a gatekeeper, and it's just, I thought it was, like, strange when I was learning all this. I was like, wait a minute, There's, you're just, like, one guy, and you you do all the work? Like, you? Yeah, that's the way it works. And it just was kind of strange, so I just thought that was interesting, in, uh, especially in the conversation about this MLS, uh, what is it, pro refs or something? Or mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, it seems like this is an evolution of, of this as well. Yeah. Uh, and more exciting news in the pro referee dispute, I did see there was an article from ESPN, um, it was Jeff Carlisle, uh, one of their top uh, soccer correspondents, was talking about that some of the pro referees who are on strike were actually like physically threatening the, the replacement refs, so that's sort of exciting. <laughs> Very professional of them, uh, but yeah, seeing some physical threats thrown around—that's that's cool. They are not happy, the pro referees, <laughs> yeah. because they they don't have a paycheck. Um, so yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. Um, sympathies with the pro referees, but I guess that leads to sort of like the next question of like how big of a concern do you view this for the MLS at the moment? Like, is this something they ought to? be adamantly pursuing or in the grander scheme of things do you think um that the mls needs to or like has more of a more of a pressing issue on some of the other issues we'll get to like the u.s open cup and roster rules stuff like that 
so I'll, I'll I'll start off with my view personally. I feel like MLS should look should work with it more, and I think they should deal with it faster than what they are currently doing with it. Um, I feel like it should get fixed relatively within the next like week or so. I don't think it will. Um, I, I think that the league has started. I think it needs to be up as soon as possible. I think coming from them, they aren't worried about it. They aren't going to do a thing for as long as they can. They're going to hold it off. I think they personally kind of put it out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, and hoping yeah. that they cave with what they want and MLS doesn't have to change. Yeah, and I would tend to agree with you. I think this ought to really be at the forefront. I think for a professional organization like the MLS, it comes off as like kind of embarrassing that we're not able to meet what I, I mean, I'm not the ones at these labor disputes, but what I can only imagine is going to be uh, pay scale related at the heart of their dispute. Um, when we see MLS as a whole, like absolutely raking in money from Apple and Adidas and some of their key sponsors. And then when it comes back to the fans perspective of what they're being charged for games for people to watch people like Lionel Messi play, it, it feels sort of like insulting to the fan that this league and organization can't get actual referees on the field uh, who it's their full-time job to, to ref soccer. It seems really unprofessional. And I mean, I know there's a lot of concerns facing like MLS right now, but if I, I, this has to be the first one you deal with, if you don't have the proper officials on the field. I'll I'll say this. I'll I'll chime in real quick before Mike goes. I do feel like change is needing to happen up in the higher ups in MLS. I mean, they've done a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense and either negative and impacts the league negatively, or it just doesn't flat out make sense at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, what what is a game without rules? I mean, I consistently watch European soccer, and it seems like. MLS referees and European referees, it's like night and day. And I know that that's relevant to what's going on with this labor union. But at the end of the day, I'm like, why is there this union in the first place? If you're a referee, why do you want to be tied to this group that's now completely banned from refing these games? So part of me is like, okay, if you really want to be a referee, like, do the games that you have to do and do a good job and prove yourself that way. But I'm sure there are good referees that are in part of this pro uh, referees society or group or whatever this is. MLS pro. What is it? It's just pro referees. They, pro referees. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some good referees, but they're all being punished. And you're right. What you all said is spot on. The MLS has to take this seriously. You know, we have some of the best players. Uh, I mean, they're older, they're in their prime, but some of the best players in the world are coming to play in the MLS. And if you don't want these games blown on ridiculous situations that have happened in MLS over and over again, uh, the Houston Dynamo game last year in the playoffs, huge call, should have been a handball. I think everyone knows that. And they score a goal off of it. Yeah. Sorry. Like, that's inexcusable, and that's just one time. Yeah, so something you said did have me did bring up a question to me. Do European leagues have unions for that stuff? I, don't I would assume so. so. I would assume so. I mean, really? I mean, the labor movement generally in Europe is going to be a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, sort of, what their referees look like. I guess that's a 
I mean, that might be worth like taking some time to look at. And maybe should have done that beforehand. To, to see this pro referee, if they did take anybody on, who's someone they should like. Someone is a, does a good referee. You can look at the performances, and I know they do. They have you know reviews, and every referee gets judged. Why would they just take some you know throw the baby out with bathwater and take all the referees out just because they're part of this union? If there are some good referees, like take the ones out who are who are not performing. It doesn't work that way. I live in an idolized society, so. So, according to Reddit, don't take this <laughs> as a grain of salt. Um, they're independent contractors, so they can't formally have unions in Europe or England, at least. So. It just I mean, seems like it's more difficult to manage if there's a union involved. Yeah. Do, do the referees on a case-by-case basis, like look at the individual performance and go that route versus having this union. Yeah, yeah, like that's, how I, that's, and I, that's how it should be too. I think you should go basis by basis. If you have a ref who's constantly missing calls and stuff like that and making blatant mistakes, take them out of the game. Instead of having that union and keeping the uh, rest intact, I think if you have that, you don't need a union. And it does happen. I know they have ref problems, and like especially the English Premier League. I remember last year, Anthony Taylor is one of the the big referees in the English Premier League, and he was he had a suspension for some. I think it was an offside call where it went to VAR, and the v, it was the VAR team's fault that they got an offside wrong, and it was you know it affected the result of the match. Um, and he, you know, he had suffered a three to four, maybe five game suspension and he's back. Um, you know, an unfortunate event, but it happens over there too, but it's not this like blanket approach where all of a sudden now we have, you know, 20, 30 new referees that are, that are doing this. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it just like comes across bad as a league. Who's one trying to increase visibility in the United States, getting this TV deal with Apple and trying to bring in new fans when Lionel Messi and others like that are coming over. And like, if people are just now tuning into the MLS, which I assume some people are, this is the first thing that they're hearing about of like this league can't even manage labor disputes with their officials. How does that come across to the average fan? And like, now they're, even if it's not true, even in a world where these refs had perfect games, in their mind they think they're now watching a worse product because we have replacement refs on the field. And does that, like, retain fans if they think that they aren't watching the top quality referees refereeing the top quality players? Like, I think that comes across to people as, like, why why do you deserve my time? Yeah, and that's a problem that MLS can't have in a moment when they are trying to grow their league with, specifically with players when Messi is having such a large influence on bringing new viewers to this league. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's going to be a big problem, um, and I know that they had already announced that the replacement refs will be continuing for week two as this continues. So we will see replacement refs for week two. Outside of that, we don't know how long this is going to go. Um, we'll just have to keep watching. Um, and we will not start a segment where we predict when the replacement refs end. Because we saw that might last a little longer. Uh, like we had last year with the U.S. men's national head coach. That lasted. That segment lasted a little too long. 
Yeah. So we will not have a segment based on referees this Charlie year. Charlie Sheen is reffing the game, Jackson. <laughs> oh, oh my God, no way. He's our he's our ref of the week. Or Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's I, heard Wayne. Peter, I heard Peter Mies is actually reffing the sporting game this weekend. So Yeah, well, he needs total control of the game, so that just makes sense. Um, okay, yeah, so I think outside of that... Uh, we can sort of start talking about some of these MLS Week 1 results. What, I mean, looking at the scoreboard um, and the results, I don't know why I said scoreboard, uh, what sort of sticks out to you? What surprises do you see in Week 1? Or what were you really shocked by? I had two, Chicago tying Philadelphia, and then Toronto tying Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, there I think... Was a, yeah, there was a lot of ties. Six ties in week one. Uh, yeah, and there, games, three of them so. were zero zero too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say something that surprised me was Orlando tying with Montreal. Did not expect that. I thought Orlando yeah. was absolutely going to crush them. And then same thing with Nashville and Red Bull. I thought Nashville was going to blow Red Bull out of the water. Yeah, yeah. Tied, I think. Zero zero. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I thought honestly, I thought a lot of these results are, were were pretty surprising. I I want to highlight Toronto Cincinnati again. I mean, we all picked Toronto to be the worst team in the league, and they get an away yeah, point picked, from Cincinnati. I picked the Portland Timbers. <laughs> I, I think I picked Colorado. Yeah. Well, we definitely picked Toronto as the worst team in the East. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, we were all in agreement, and to steal a point on the road against Cincinnati, that's huge. Um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these were shocking. I I kind of agree with uh, Mike as well on the Philly Chicago one. Chicago looked like a real team. We I mean we talked about this last week. Um, will they look like a real team again, which they haven't for the longest time? But I think even if they lose two one, they still look like a, a team that can play in this league and that won't just be a bottom of of the table team. And I thought that was. Maybe not surprising, but at least good and encouraging to see from a league perspective. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, other th- another thing I thought was surprising, um, not the result necessarily, but Portland, Colorado, Portland won 4-1. Um, I mean, I kind of thought that was surprising. They got it felt like some pretty lucky goals, but all I'm gonna say is I called it last week. I said <laughs> Portland was gonna be great. Yeah. I said they're gonna surprise us. I mean, is Portland granted, good or is Colorado granted, just that bad? <laughs> granted, it's Colorado, but to be fair, Portland did score in the first nine minutes of the game. No, I did not hear that. Oh, 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 yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think he was like their set piece. Is that what you said, set piece coach? Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, yeah, yeah. That's what threw me off, I guess, because, yeah, I, I, I heard it was their set piece, set piece coach from uh, Man U, which is, yeah, and he's super young, too. He's like 31 yeah. or something. Eric Ramsey is the head coach of Minnesota United. Yeah. I think he 
is now the youngest in the MLS as well, which, I mean, shit, 32, that's... <laughs> if only... Dave, you should submit your resume, Mike. I hear Man United needs a new coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think Sporty needs a new head coach desperately. Yeah. We've, we've yeah. talked about that many of times, but it needs to happen sooner than later. Yep. Totally in agreement there. Um, yeah, it's Peter Vermees. I don't know. I'm sure it's. I'm sure he dedicated himself to it, just like he's appointed himself the coach of everything and does everything. Yeah, he said that. He's like, I'm in charge of the analytics, and it's the best. It's literally, yeah. He's an absolutely madman, and not in a good way. I did hear something about sporting this week that they were still actively looking for a sporting director to replace uh, Gavin Wilkinson. Yeah, um, which is just what you want to hear. When you start a season, yeah, <laughs> we're still trying to fill this job that we knew we had six months ago. Like I said, I'll, I'll take the position. I, I, I think I do pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. We'll get that resume shipped off, and hopefully, this isn't our last podcast with you before you make it big and. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we can do the podcast at Sporting Stadium. Yeah. Yep, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, we're so we're so pro Sporting KC. I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So, like we've said, though, we are officially one week in after watching one week of MLS soccer, are there any way too early predictions you really want to jump behind and just double down on? Portland's going to be fantastic. <laughs> All right, first, sti- first, first and foremost, Portland is going to be great this year. All right, we're doubling down on Portland. James is going all in on Portland. Yeah, I am going all in on Portland. You hear that? Heard, heard that here first, folks. Yeah, I think I'll stick in the same conference. I'm going to double down on Minnesota. I was sort of hesitant last week. I like them. I like I like what this team is is all about, and I think they're going to be a top 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 three team in the West. <laughs> okay. Okay, hold on. They scored one point on Salt Lake. I mean, that's not yeah. that hard to do. That that's <laughs> Mike. And, and Mike saw fair, that one was, point, and he's like, that, "I love this team." St. Louis was such a late goal in the game, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think DC yeah. United is going to be good. I think they still thought. Yeah. yeah, I mean Christian Benteke, he's a talented. He's someone I don't think we mentioned that would be in the race for the Golden Boot, but we should have. Um, I mean, he he had a really good year last year, too, with his goal-scoring ability and a full season at D.C. And, I mean, he already has three, so 
That's a hell of a start. Uh, how do we feel about LA FC? Uh, yeah. yeah yeah i'm still not crazy about lafc i don't know what it is it's just like the vibes are off i guess um i mean they beat seattle which i was high on so that i mean that was a game that i was watching some of um and and i guess like you know the next question i proposed on our agenda was what are there any things you regret from your predictions already and i after watching this game i think saints seattle as one of my favorites for the west um but it also seems like seattle always does this where they start off slow and then go on a crazy run later in the year but yeah i don't know i wasn't super thrilled watching this game or i didn't think anything great was going on on the field um it just sort of it just sort of happened. And, and, and I mean, to that extent, the only goal Seattle scored was a penalty. So that's not looking good. That's yeah. never encouraging if that's the only goal you're scoring. Yeah. I would have to say, the prediction I regret was Cincinnati doing great. I mean, they lost to Toronto in a pie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's. I guess they didn't really lose, but they tied with Toronto, which I think is even worse. At home, so. Yeah. That, I mean, that feels like a loss. I mean, if if you go to that game as a Cincy fan, you're heartbroken. I, I, think, I think I would burn my jersey in the parking lot <laughs> and switch teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they look good. I I think Ricky Puig is a great player. Obviously, from the uh, yeah, I told you I'm not I'm not gonna stop saying Puig. Um, it's Puig to me forever in my heart. It's Puig. Um, so yeah, I I think uh, Ricky. I guess I'll call him. Um, we're on a first name basis now. Okay. Obviously, obviously from the Barca Academy, really talented. And yeah, I mean he's gonna be a player to watch throughout the, throughout the year. They brought in some more talent for, for for him, so it'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might start doing it. Hell, you know, he's a trendsetter. I gotta follow him. He's he'll God, he also looks like so small. He just looks like a little kid on the field. But he's fucking good. So speaking of speaking of LA Galaxy, do you guys know what that uh, red card on Delgado was for? Um, <laughs> I think it was for dissent. Um, but it was also, you know, the fix. The fix is in for Miami. You know, got to get start getting some of those gal- pesky Galaxy players off the field so they can score. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, dudes. I mean, this is just like sports fans everywhere now like everything's a conspiracy everyone's getting paid off yeah like yeah yeah i i still haven't gotten my check from joe biden if y'all have um let me know because we are trying to get on that mls payroll we will be a propaganda machine yeah um, once those checks come in which i'm still waiting for (laughs) yeah (laughs) we can be bought let us tell you my price to be bought is at one penny yeah it's a pretty low price too yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and you want us to say anything you want, just send us a beer and we will say it. And we yep, will yep. broadcast your message happily. Y'all think we can get <laughs> Yeah. You guys think we can get a Boulevard uh, sponsorship? I hope so. I was probably drunk, so I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll so, email them after this. Yeah. So speaking of planting seeds, uh, the U.S. soccer. I don't. That's a terrible transition. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to uh, throw that needle there. Um, but U.S. soccer is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got too close to the sun. Uh, so we'll try to pull us through. U.S. Soccer and MLS are having a dispute now for the future and of the U.S. Open Cup, which is the longest-running soccer tournament in the United States. So throughout this dispute now, the MLS originally had intended to pull out. U.S. Soccer Federation rejected that, and they compromised on allowing eight teams into this year's U.S. Cup competition, which is an odd number. I'm not really sure how they got to that. Uh, but the MLS cited schedule congestion as the main reason as to why they do not want their top-level teams playing. I guess we can start um, initial thoughts on, on this decision, what's been going on uh, with U.S. soccer and the MLS. Yes, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think this sucks. The U.S. Open Cup, I think, is a more fun trophy than even the Supporters' Shield. I mean, I think the Supporters' Shield indicates like who the best team all year was, but as far as like fun, exciting, and excitement, I don't think it gets better than the U.S. Open Cup. Um, and, and I mean, this comes from a team, someone who has watched a team be very successful in the U.S. Open Cup, so it's a little bit of a privileged position. But... I mean, it it it's the it's soccer history in the United States. It gives everyone a chance to play these teams, to have access to top level soccer if they qualify, obviously. And and yeah, it's 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 an open qualifying event. That's not the tr- that can't be the same for League's Cup. That is like a closed system where we don't get to see new teams and we don't get to see uh, what sort of excitement teams can bring like Sacramento Republic from a few years ago or FC Cincinnati when they were a USL team all these teams were like making runs in the US Open Cup which are fun and exciting to watch and I mean everyone likes rooting for underdogs and it's cool and fun to watch those runs happen and yeah it won't be the same with a limited amount of MLS teams and yeah I think uh, yeah I I can keep going but James you can yeah my my initial thought is it's completely on MLS's side. It's it's all their fault. I think it's 
their fault. There's schedule uh, congestion like there is, I think. I think they're trying to push too many cups happening during the league and they're able to push playing in like a regular league. Um, playing the regular season. But that, I think it's I think it's their fault that there is that there's problems with that with the team's not being able to play. Um, I think it's unfair to um, the MLS teams that want to play in the in the cup. I think the US Cup has been what, around for seventeen years now. Uh, and I think for them not to prioritize that cup uh, is kind of dumb, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I get that, and I, and I, I agree with that. I, and I do. Think, I still think it's MLS's fault that this happened. I think it's their fault that that there are problems with this. There, were, there wasn't problems last year with it. Um, there haven't been problems in the past, but suddenly, all of a sudden, there is schedule congestion. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because they, they want the revenue from it. That's what, and that's what they get if they control League's Cup. Um, I think I, I agree with James. I mean, this is totally on the MLS. I think, again, they look really stupid in doing this. I think it's disconnected from what soccer fans in America want, and I haven't seen anyone who, like, supports this decision. Everyone that I've talked to and interacted with is a fan of the U.S. Open Cup. They're still unsure what the League's Cup even is if they're into the MLS and sort of, even if they are soccer fans, I mean, a lot of of the bigger soccer fans around here are going to be people who support the EPL. So getting them to like buy into another tournament is going to be hard. Uh, But even beyond that, I think some of this ownership needs to be put on us soccer. They need to be a better governing body and say, no, you can't do this. They, they have to take some responsibility and just say like, no, you're, you're playing in in this. This is how it goes. I mean, they, they reserve the right to remove MLS's like uh, division, a, uh, categorization in the U.S. And I think if you're not, if their teams aren't playing, I think they should. Yeah, they, they 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 have to hardline the MLS and be like, no, you're 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 not going to push us around. You're going to play in this thing. And I, and I agree with that. I think MLS is being selfish and prioritizing uh, prioritizing their own interests over the actual sport. Yeah, and I think it, that's that. If the that will be the downfall of MLS in and of itself. It's it, not good it, for American soccer as a, I know as, it, as a whole. In a really bad spot. Especially with a sport that's growing like it is in the United States, 
uh, a delicate sport like this where not a lot of people are still into it, I, I think it, it, you can't do something like that right when you're still growing your league like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I mean, it's a frustrating situation as a fan. It, it once again seems like they aren't listening to the things we want or like any of the changes that ought to be made in response to this. I, I, and I mean, this is sort of how I phrase it, like what was, what are some other solutions? Or, I mean, if I take a look at the agenda real quick, like if you're a commissioner, what actions would you take um, to resolve issues like this? And I think a lot of plenty, this, this sort of comes down to like the roster rules that are being discussed amongst MLS. Like schedule congestion is only a problem when you limit the number of people on your roster. Yeah. And if you just let, the team sign the players they want and spend the money the way they want to, this becomes less of a problem. So it's like another solution that the MLS seems to be making the wrong decision in when we can expand rosters, let teams spend money and play in the cups because they have more depth on their roster. Yeah. And what I had for this question was essentially that if I was the commissioner, I would look at, MLS as a whole. Kind of look at what the fans are wanting, kind of look at what MLS is wanting, try to find a common ground. But I think ultimately it comes down to the decision that we need to focus more domestically than we are. Today. I think we need to stop trying to kind of organize our league kind of as like a European league. I think we need to focus more kind of as a US league, not and kind of branch off from there. And I get where they're coming from. They kind of want to bring over. European fans and a lot of stuff to bring in another source of viewers and, and revenue. But I think it's overall going to hurt the league more if they do that rather than focusing on the uh, U.S. side of things. Yeah, totally agree. Um, it's, yeah, it's tough. I think, and, and to get back to what you said earlier, I mean, there has to be like top level change with the MLS at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Don Garber has done a good enough job to getting the MLS to where it is, to where we're bringing in high-profile players that we have over like the past five years. But like, at what point do you see the action that he's, that he's taking and shooting himself in the foot? And I mean, this is the responsibility then becomes on the owners because they're the ones who like elect yeah, the commissioners. Absolutely, and I think it goes along with that. Is I I don't I personally think it is not the right time in the MLS to bring over players like Messi and Suarez. I, I think our league isn't re fully ready for that yet, um, for everything that's going to happen with that. I, I think we're too underdeveloped to have that kind of movement with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think you're right, and we can sort of see that as evidenced by, like, shit, how, like, ticketing is going for Inter-Miami games. Like, we... <laughs> obviously like aren't ready for like that high level of demand and like ha have the infrastructure to like have these systems in place to allow the facilitation in, in an equitable manner. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's nice seeing players. I've always looked up to play in the MLS. It is, but I don't think we're ready for it. I don't think they need to be here. I, I, I think if we keep our players where we're at, we keep the big name players out of it just for a bit longer I think we can. I think if we grow enough to have that, we can start bringing them in. And I think we can handle it a lot better in the situation. 
Yeah, Mike, uh, I know you dropped out for a little bit. Are there any actions you would take as commissioner in the MLS? I mean, besides free I think beer? you guys said it pretty good. I, I don't really <laughs> have anything else to add just beyond the fact that it's like the MLS got these shiny new toys with all these great players, and it's very clearly they're trying to make as much money as possible with this. I know. I, we can't afford these players either, which is the thing, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have these players, and we can't afford them. I think it's going to hurt us having these players over here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to I think it's gonna bring in viewership, but I think once these players leave our league, our, our rates are going to drop, and we're going to lose funding, and I think the MLS is going to be in shambles once these players I, leave. I think that the MLS, too, should support these grassroots movements who, so, who actually are people who are fans of the game, too. I think that it's pretty obvious that a lot of MLS fans, they are casual fans. They don't know the rules like the European fans of soccer know the rules. And they should support that. Like, do some education or you know, support grassroots move, movements like what we're doing and uh, make them visible. It's almost like it's just like their own thing and they don't really give a shit. So that's fine. Yeah, and, and, and I think they're expecting are their fans to be European style fans where they understand everything immediately mm-hmm. because it's, they've, they've watched their entire life, which isn't the case in the United States. Mm-hmm. You have players who are like in their fifties and sixties getting into soccer and watching it now because you have, you have it growing and stuff like that within communities and, and they don't know what's going on and they don't explain anything that's happening. They have no explanations, whatever. And, and I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's going to hurt people in general, and it's going to decrease our viewership overall. I also have a suspicion. Who's to know what they're saying to these teams, especially in terms of, like, a Messi? I can almost promise you that there, there's a communication. Do not hurt the golden child. Do not touch Lionel Messi. Don't, in, don't yeah, injure no, him. I, I mean, why would they not do that? If Lionel Messi gets injured in the MLS, that is a huge problem. And yet we're yeah, watching I, this sport. It should feel he's an athlete. He's a player like anyone else. He should be allowed to get tackled. I mean, I love Messi yeah, as, I mean, much, as much as the next guy. You know, why are we... Of course he's going to score 40 goals if no one fucking guards him or touches him or is afraid to because... I don't know. Well, yeah, and I, and I, I completely agree with you. I think all of that communication that's being said about Messi is going to come out in a year or two. Mm-hmm. I, I, think it, I think it will. I think people are being told to do whatever you can to protect Messi, and I, th- I think it'll be a, a giant scandal in the MLS. That's a prediction. That's a prediction. Uh, can you imagine him playing in the English Premier League? Do you think anybody is going to treat him like they've treated him here? No, no, no way. Have- no way. And he couldn't. He couldn't play in the Premier League. He couldn't play. Um, Look, I love Messi to death, and I think he is one of the best soccer players in the entire world. I I, I think is too physical for him. Yeah, I think he's at that age where he's getting injured a lot, and I, I think they're doing every measure that they can to protect him. And I, I get that. I think I think that's a good thing to do at that age. But I also think that they should let them play the game, uh, not have to worry about him on the field getting injured. Mm-hmm. Like there are other good players in the United States that not. I'm not saying they can be messy, but dude. Let's let's follow them. Let's follow. You know, uh, yeah. I, Messi is a girl. I mean, he is amazing. Messi is man. Watch that Inter Miami game. He's 
He's special. Uh, but let's let's uh, dude. Anyone can. We can have our own Messi. Some somewhere. Some. Why not? These kids uh, have a, an interesting upbringing into youth, the youth soccer system. That's a whole other conversation. Um, yep. But it's uh, the sky's the limit. Let's let's stay positive and let's see what uh, American soccer. Dude, can we win a World yeah. Cup? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, speaking of like youth talent in the U.S. and uh, getting us on track to win a World Cup, I think it's a good time to sort of check in on what we are doing personally. So let's turn that over to James as our up-and-coming youth soccer player on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm up-and-coming. I'm actually getting ready to go out uh, Saturday to play uh, against Philadelphia. Um, that'll be fun. I'm actually starting midfielder. Oh, nice. They told me that. Uh, they told you you were starting? Yeah, yeah, they told me I was starting. Uh, I don't Kind of nervous for that. Looking forward to it. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, my my nephew has gotten into soccer, youth soccer, and he loves it. He's gotten he's gotten pretty big into it. He's actually a lot better than probably what I'll ever be, to be honest. Um, I think he could single handedly take on any player in an actual pickup league, one on one. But he uh, he dedicates his, a lot of his time to soccer. And there's a lot of kids on his team doing the same thing too, which is nice seeing within the youth and the community and something like gather around the support. Yeah, that's uh, great. But otherwise, than that I'm gonna watch Chelsea uh, lose on Saturday at 9 a.m. against Brentford, and then see them lose on Monday against Newcastle. So that'll be fun. Hell yeah! I like the, your your realistic approach to watching those games too. Dude, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. that approach with Chelsea, but with Sporting KC, you're like we're beating Houston. Speaking of which, I put a parlay together yesterday while I was at James. work because I uh, work in Kansas now, and I can't <laughs> vote, I, I can't legally place the bet, but I got every single thing on that parlay right, and had I placed it, I would have won seven thousand dollars. R.I.P. Yeah, and I was so upset. Can you please uh, talk to Jackson and I some more, or what? <laughs> yeah, we put together the worst possible parlay last week. We should. <laughs> we did not hit a single leg. And <laughs> it, 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 it was all in the Chelsea versus Leeds game too. Dude, let's Man. say it like it is, Jackson. This is your parlay, and I'm like, I'll do it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little wrong on that <laughs> one. Uh, maybe this fun. week we'll fun. have some better advice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can take it. Um, I actually played uh, Monday night, uh, sub sub as a goalkeeper over at the soccer lot. Or, sorry, the soccer dome on French Street, and I hate that place. Let me tell you, as far as places to play soccer in Kansas City, I will strongly say do not go to the soccer dome. Um, run by fucking weird people, dude. Uh, like I walk in, and who I assume is going to be the owner of the place like looks at me and is like you haven't played here before i'm like no i have uh like this is like seconds within walking in he's like and he's like well you need to sign this form I'm like no i've already signed it because i've played here before he's like no i've never seen you I'm like all right dude i've played here please leave me alone it just felt like super weird just like it felt like I was like walking in and was just like being supervised and yeah, it just it, it just wasn't a good feeling and, and the turf just sucks too. It, yeah. it it hurts like 
diving as a goalkeeper, it feels like there's absolutely nothing but concrete under that like terrible turf. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. would not recommend. Uh, but I would recommend seeing us Mike's leagues. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, shameless. No, yeah, we, uh, play, we play. We play. We play. Not the greatest first experience. Bummer. I know that that group uh, Soccer Dome is associated with the Comets, so that's strange. But yeah. I, I thought they did okay. Um, there was a team that played in one of our first co-ed leagues that, uh, yeah, what you said, like the weird people. Not that they were they were weird. They just were kind of had their own. And that's true of any like organization or you know, place. People have their places that they like to play. Um, so it doesn't really, yeah. really super surprise me. But I'm happy to share what's new in my world. We had our uh, got. The captains, or at least five of the eight, six was Jordan. So six of eight captains got together tonight. We kind of just were like shooting the shit, just bonding really over, you know, soccer and the upcoming leagues. Went over a few, like, you know, rules and, you know, things that we expect. Um, Our league is very captain-driven. I mentioned that before. So they're kind of in charge of, you know, keeping these teams, uh, you know, above board and, and doing, you know, being respectable and you know we're not professionals we just want to have fun i think half of it is just so we can drink beer afterwards uh that being said the quality and where we're playing is just a beautiful facility uh there are good players out yeah. there good good passing shout out to pembroke school district for allowing us to use their fields and uh, use their goals for especially because they have some really nice goals mm-hmm. um I think they were lacrosse school, but they were field, field, field so. hockey for the one side, and then we had custom goals made for the other side on Saturday, and then for Sunday we have two pairs, uh, two sets of brand new goals because there's no field hockey goals at the uh, Ward Parkway, Pembroke. But yeah, I echo your sentiment, James. Awesome to Pembroke for letting this. I mean, it's truly grassroots in terms of you know we care about soccer. We don't care about. I mean, we care about our players, and but at the end of the day, you know, we want the game to be as as true to the game as we can. And it's like, if there was no money involved, if there's no, I mean, there is a little bit of money involved, but not to the level of like we're talking about MLS. Say there was a system that was organic, that was, you know, the ball doesn't lie. At the end of the day, um, ball don't the lie. Ball don't lie. And so that's that's really what we're going for is just kind of the let the game speak for itself, and then. You know, not injuring anybody and just you know keeping in mind that we you yeah know, as keep it as safe as possible. And that that format seven v seven really does lend itself to a safer environment, more accessible. And I don't care who you are. There's there's fifty in in Saturday coming up. There's fifty plus year old. You know, there are older players who are getting involved. And you know, Mike Williams, he's one of the captains, of one of these teams, and he, he he's absolutely torching people in his older age. And he, I mean, me, me and you co-captain our our team together, and we got some older people on it who do well. They can, um, yeah. We got a new a new guy on it who's who's older, and I think he'll do well on it too. But like Annette and all of them are really well and yeah. have fantastic goals. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that one? So Annette, that Annette goal was was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. She had this looping header that was like upper corner, just even had the referee going, "What the hell?" That goal was pretty spectacular. So. Right, I will hurt. say that Mike's league is infinitely cheaper than a lot of the other leagues in Kansas City. So uh, join Soccer KC. Uh, you heard <laughs> it here. Your roster that makes it cheaper. So yeah, L- lower cost league, better league, 
beer yeah. after the games. It's it's a great time. Yeah. Um, outside of that, we complain. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Is paying the refs. I found out yesterday. All of the refs, fifteen hundred dollars. Um. Oh. For yeah. about essentially nine games. There's some Which, details with that. Same yeah, about- they, that's if you have unlimited amount of money, you can do whatever you want. So. Yeah. yeah. But. Yep. It's a. All right, so yeah, um, if you're looking for a league, come join Mike's League. I have a hard time imagining anyone listening doesn't already play in some form of Mike's Leagues or pickup games at the moment. But yeah. if you're just listening for the first time, yeah. we run some uh, leagues and here. And if so. you don't play at all and you just want to come hang out on a Saturday morning, uh, Loose Park is where the field is close to. If you go to Loose Park, you can't miss where the field is, and the games start at 930. Uh, not this Saturday, but the week following the 10th, March 10th. Yep, yep. March we're all 10. pretty friendly. Love talking to you guys. And, and we'll you know, have green shirts. I mean, I like if anyone you see in a green shirt, James, you don't know this, but we got green shirts. Oh, I, I yeah. need to get one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say we're all helping. I don't play every single game that I'm in. Uh, in fact, I help out a lot. I help get balls around and head home and talk to people. But it, it's a really cool and unique atmosphere out there. So. Thanks, y'all. All right, yeah. Uh, Come on out. I think that's all we have for this week. Other than that, we'll be back next week to talk some more soccer. Um, Maybe talk a little women's as that season nears, too, in the U.S. So stay tuned for what we have coming, and we will see y'all later. See you guys. Good job.